Welcome back to House of Bravo, your weekly Bravo recap with a cosmic twist. I'm Emma, an astrocartographer and human design reader. And I'm Tasha, an intuitive astrologer, also known as the agent of Pluto. Oh my gosh, Emma, this week, how are we feeling? This has been like such a intense week for a lot of people, I would say. I think we kind of maybe alluded to the fact that this new moon might be a little exhaustive, transformative, empowering, potentially, um, but definitely exhaustive. Like, how, how are you holding up? <laughs> yeah, I'm exhausted for sure. Um, this was definitely a doozy. There were just right. so many planets at play and the nodes switching and Venus and there's just like a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and on top of that today, especially as of like recording right now, we have Mars, Saturn in opposition to each other perfecting. It's been applying all week, meaning it's just been gaining in intensity all week. As we've said, you know, sometimes it's not necessarily when the planet hits the exact um, degree. It's more when it's applying or like, getting ready to hit it almost a few days leading up to it you can re really feel super super intense energy um yeah I feel like people have been either again I go back to exhausted just because it feels like everyone needs like a nap <laughs> yeah like 10 naps <laughs> yeah everyone's just been drained and that's cool yeah. like lean into that <laughs> Yeah. And I mean, the week's not done even, right? Like their Sun-Pluto opposition also. I mean, it's a, and Venus retrograde literally officially starts this weekend. We've been talking about this for quite some time now since it began slowing down um, quite a few weeks ago, almost a month ago, actually. And yeah, I mean, just recently, right? Yesterday, actually, like we heard Bella Hadid split up with her boyfriend and then like Sofia Vergara and Joe Manganiello also announced their divorce. I mean, the hits, or I guess the breakups keep coming. Yeah, but at least we did have some good news with Marisol renewing her vows. Yes. Okay. For people who are listening, Venus retrogrades, yes, can maybe indicate potential breakups, etc. It's not the defining, however, um, outcome. You know, retrogrades are amazing time for things like renewals review that kind of you know perspective and so literally so happy to see marisol getting this vow renewal during venus retrograde i mean you know marisol knows her astrology i feel like so this with the cancer new moon weekend like i feel like she knew what she was doing oh definitely i'm sure she like planned this day with an astrologer and made sure it was very auspicious yeah 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 i mean i honestly i love the vibe um scotland wedding yeah, beautiful yeah. in that tartan dress. Amazing color scheme. Like, they all just look so good. I am deeply obsessed. But yeah, I was saying my friend's actually getting married in Scotland. So shout out, Michelle. Sorry, I can't make your wedding, but it's going to be beautiful. <laughs> in any case, going back to some, you know, original housewives this week, just to kick off the week with this retrograde energy. Um, what did you think of this week's Crappy Lake episode? So good. So good. I'm, it's funny. I'm always saying that I don't like when a lot of episodes are dropped at the same time and I want them dribbled out slowly. But with this, I'm like, okay, why didn't you just give me the whole season so I could binge? This? <laughs> <laughs> 
So that's how I feel. They're so short. They're like bite size. Yeah, exactly. I get it. They're bite size. Yeah. It makes me worried um, how many we're getting. You know, like, are they only going to give us a Mm. few? Or are they giving us bite size so that they could spread it out and give us a lot? I guess time will tell. Yeah, I you know what I didn't I didn't expect them to have launched two the first week and then you know to your point then dribble out one I was like half expecting another episode to come on and so I was like slightly disappointed, um but not so disappointed because it took me like into Roni which was amazing we'll cover that at the end we'll save you know we'll save the juiciest for the last bit of the podcast but I mean. Were there any moments in the episode that like really made you chuckle? There are so many usually, but I feel like there's always like a defining one in these episodes. So many. And actually, it's funny that you brought them in with retrograde energy because both of them kind of give retrograde energy. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, when Sonia called herself the curator of cock, that was... Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> This is why we love Sonia. And it's so true. We've seen this season after season. And what was Lou doing kissing that guy? Like, what was the point of that? Oh, my God. I mean, okay. I, like, actually have a low-key theory um, in based on, like, Sonia's placement, even. Like, why? One, her calling herself the curator of cock actually is very apropos. And two, why people would actually want to play follow the leader with Sonia as it relates to her men. Okay, I have I have a theory as well. So like, let's see if our theories are the okay. same. Go for it. So I look at Sonia's Jupiter actually in Aries in her 11th house. Um, I point to that being sort of the main culprit and... I actually think that Sonia needs to be less chill about it. Mm-hmm. Honestly, um, overall, karmically, it'd be probably be good for her to be less chill about it. But the reason why I'm looking at that Jupiter is because, I mean, it's so funny. Sonia has Venus and Mars in her seventh house. Um, you know, it's the toll sign. She also has Mercury and the sun. So literally, all those placements are ruled by Jupiter. And Jupiter in Aries, Aries gives me competition. You know, the seventh house is also like a competitive house. It's like a very frenemy house. And we did say that, you know, Luann has her sag moon and, you know, it's like a frenemy type of vibe sometimes, especially maybe as it relates to like the one-on-one relationship. Um, And then the last point for Jupiter, Jupiter is usually like the leader, like someone, the guy you look to. And then Aries energy is so like, you know, lusty in some capacity. It's like a quick bang and you're out type of energy. So yeah, it's very similar because that Mars conjunct Venus in Sagittarius, the two sexes combined, the masculine and the feminine. It's like this very just you have it as well. I think it's such a special placement. In a lot of these people, you just see this like magnetism about them when there's that conjunction in Sagittarius. It's kind of this like going out into the world. As you said, it's in the seventh house in relation to her relationships, like going out into the world, experiencing what's out there. Again, not necessarily committing to it with that mutable placement. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like if we're using Placidus, Mercury's conjunct her descendant. So even though it's in her sixth house, like in the sixth house, like daily routines, kind of just like going about it. I think of it also as like being a collector of Mm -hmm. things, Mercury in the sixth. So yeah interesting yeah i was gonna say too you know the neptune trining um her pisces moon there is a collective you know 
uh, tapping into that Sonia opts into naturally without even trying. And so if I think about like, you know, maybe like her Pluto and then her Mars, right? Ruling Scorpio, her sexual desires or like, you know, uh, things of that nature that might be getting, you know, leaked into the collective unknowingly and then taken up by someone intuitive such as Luann in close proximity. Like I can definitely see that sort of energetic exchange at play. Um, oh my God, I just realized Sonia finished her Saturn return and got crappy late too, aside from like her Jupiter, which is so cute. Yeah, yeah, so many things. Yeah. Also like when I was first looking at this, I like my eyes kept getting drawn to the square that the descendant is making to Pluto conjunct Uranus as kind of like these like mm. just again speaking to those flings but also people kind of coming in and taking what could be her family because that's in her fourth house yeah so, like what could have been a lasting relationship maybe you know with one of those Tom Dick or Harry's that we referred to previously right right and here's the thing right like it's really interesting with Pisces energy there is a lot of victimization that gets thrown around with it like I'm so helpless like I just can't stop it like no you can't you can actually tell them you will you know what I mean like draw better boundaries around the situations if you generally find a relationship like you care about um it's very in it is very interesting because she does have the south note in the eighth house so right and mm -hmm. so if we look at um you know you're speaking about jupiter and aries before in her 11th and that how that sign happens to be intercepted in the 11th house and when we have interceptions which again if the sign is intercepted it's kind of like maybe something that the individual can't access as easily or has some challenges around maybe something that comes later in life to them because there's work involved in accessing it. Um, and Sonia, so the Jupiter in Aries is intercept, but conversely, uh, Libra in the fifth house is intercepted. Libra balance relationships in the fifth house flings. So maybe it's like this inability to get something from the fling beyond that into the relationship, especially when you have Sagittarius ruling the seventh, which is such a um, gallivanty mm -hmm. sign. Yeah. I like, I'm trying to remember her track record. I feel like the only really stable relationship I've recalled in recent memory for Sonia on the show was with that French dude. Like, not that it was a full-blown mm. relationship, but I felt like he was around for a bit. It seemed pretty stable. Honestly, I think Sonia should get with the foreign man. Like, that, I think that can fulfill that SAG type of energy also in the chart. But, you know, it's an interesting point with interception, right? Like, I've been taught in some ways that if you do have interceptions, there's just no karma for you there necessarily. Like, it's kind of like really, yeah, give up on the short-term type of, like, romances and actually commit type of energy um if we're talking about you know there's no karma in that fifth house with libra energy maybe and especially because mercury rules oh no because it's intercepted virgo is on the cusp and mercury rules it and again as you pointed out mercury is on the descendant um so you know like a figure that can turn from fling to actual like concrete i don't know relation serious commitment right and even with her husband, she makes it seem like they were together for a really long time, but they actually weren't married very long. How long were they married for? Do you happen to remember? Okay. Uh, 
married for eight years, which is also interesting because it's like right beyond that seven year square period where it's kind of a make it or break it in a serious relationship. It's so funny because I actually forgot she was married to Morgan, even though I know it's in her last name. But she's just been such a free agent on the show. (laughs) Yeah. So the curator of cock. (laughs) Curator of cock. I just love how like there's actually astrology to support curation of cock in your chart, potentially. Um, You know, (laughs) another point for astrology. Well, another thing that was interesting, because we do know Sonia's rising. So I just ha- like, since they're in this random place, I wanted to see if Sonia has any astrocartographical significance there. I might have just made up that word. Uh, it works, though. So, okay, so they're... It's a mouthful and it's amazing. <laughs> they're in Benton, Illinois, which just so happens to be between Sonia's Neptune descendant and her son descendant line, uh, which I found interesting because last time, I think last time in the week before you were speaking about how Neptune does kind of represent fame in, well, Mm -hmm. I should say it can represent fame in a chart. And the sun, of course, is like where you shine your ego with the descendant lines, both of these being on the descendant, it's calling in that energy for you so like calling in the fame to shine a light on you so this is I think very fitting for Sonia and on top of that when we look kind of deeper into the parents which are these kind of hidden lines that are also affecting us she's got a Jupiter Pluto crossing which can represent big transformations of course Jupiter expanding Pluto transforming but also she's on a node and moon crossing which is like generally a place where we can release our south nodes and embrace our north nodes or kind of nurture your purpose so after being in this random fucking place i'm just so curious to see what sonia's path is post this show kind of moving forward and what transformations or changes this might bring for her Mm, interesting interesting i love when um there's astrocartography to like give additional context and just it's always like a very fun fact I feel like um just because I don't know energy is so real and you do engage with it meaningfully like I I feel like the only energy is like I'm comfortable with apparently are living on Pluto lines at this point um between Malaysia and um New York but I I find it really interesting so yeah folks if you like want to know more about the energies of where you're located and where you might tap into other energies elsewhere Emma is an amazing astrocartographer so yeah but I also love that for you because you're literally the agent of Pluto you came about that you know on your own and here it is that Pluto is I mean you know this just by looking at your chart but Mm -hmm. the fact that you're living on a line continually (laughs) <laughs> that most people are terrified of. I think just like people, you're not going to die on a Pluto line. Tasha's the perfect example of that. Yeah. <laughs> wow. You know what? They are <laughs> easier. They're easier if you're born there. I will give that caveat. But yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, your willingness to be, uh, your willingness to empower yourself fundamentally is how to best react with Plutonian energy, I think. And a lot of the empowerment comes from going deep within and like digging up, you know, shit, basically your own shit. And then actually being able to hopefully 
heal, you know, healing's a lifelong thing, but hopefully get to a better point where you can move on and like then help put that out into the universe. Um, so no, I love my Pluto line. Um, but anywho, I actually wonder if what my line would be in Atlanta. Um, or actually not really. Apparently this season is so boring. Like I don't even know what to necessarily say about it. Other than I found Drew's comment on South Africa. Hilarious. Like so confidently being like, I have never been to Africa. Just South Africa. I'm like, oh my God. This is, I mean, I, I ate that up. I love shit like that. <laughs> As someone who majored in geography, I think it's so funny how poor america most americans geographical knowledge is in general mm-hmm. and i know in her head she's thinking of it as being like north america south america like africa south africa but no no drew no <laughs> no i mean okay like i can fuck with that logic it's really funny but holy cow just it's just like the the confidence you know what i mean like that she i mean she does have venus and aries mercury and aries i feel like even if you're not confident about something it's gonna come out really confidently especially because like she does have mars and chiron and gemini on top of each other so like any wound around her in- intelligence insecurities around her intelligence or her communication style is gonna get masked with like overconfidence really Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I think that's maybe why I gave her the benefit of the doubt. It's also funny, at, like, as you said, I think uh, that she didn't even remember the comment that she had when she was arguing with Sheree. And I can totally yeah. relate to that. Like, I, yeah. oh, as soon as it comes out of my mouth, I, it's gone <laughs> it's in the ether. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, Sheree's got what, like, What's her Mer- what's Sheree's Mercury again? Um I forget, but I know she has I think so. That seems right. Um yes, Sheree has well potentially Aquarius or Capricorn, but mm-hmm. Sheree has like a very Saturnian Mercury, right? Mm-hmm. Either way. So it's like stern, it's like consequences for your words, like energy and you know, Drew's here being like, What are you talking about? I didn't say that. It's just such a funny mishmash. You have yeah it's like the grandparent with the saturn like punishing the child with aries and gemini it's like the elder versus the youth archetypes playing out (laughs) oh my gosh i mean also sheree has um jupiter in scorpio (laughs) like that's you know again i feel like sometimes we get into this argument too about like word intentionality or whatever right and like i'm so like big on word intentionality and like if no one's on that level i'm like what are you doing um it's a very scorpio thing i think it's just recognizing how words can hurt well and it's also in opposition to her saturn so it's kind of just like bolstered by that um that like authoritativeness that you were talking about before Oh my god, and forming a square to her Mercury. Like, (laughs) yeah, there's a lot of that reinforcement of elder intentionality. Oh, both of them are squaring her Mercury. Well, duh, because they're in opposition. Oh my god. (laughs) My brain. (laughs) Dude, I mean, again, this energy has been like, it's so draining. It's draining. It's draining for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Classic. But. Mm-hmm. classic yes <laughs> oh yeah but i also this has been this season of atlanta has been like last season of potomac which is just a little bit painful in different ways but 
Oh, yeah. Low as Atlanta's been, at least we have Orange County to be chugging us along through all of this. It's been giving. I'm so happy. Another week of great Housewives television. Oh my gosh. All right. Where do you want to start with OC? Like, who do you want to cover? Who do you, what, like, what do you even want to talk about first on the episode? I feel like. <laughs> I love how many random things there are, honestly. Yeah, okay. I thought it was really funny with the Barbie movie coming out that they were kind of Barbie themed <gasps> in that boat. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah, wow. I mean, pink is really just taken over everywhere. It's just funny to see this on Housewives since this was recorded or filmed like a minute ago. Yeah, the boat, their dresses, like even the the girls wearing red, Gina and Shannon, it just kind of felt like it was coordinated in this way. Also, oh my God, how could I not, I like finally a dinner at Nobu, but also why is Heather, is she an investor in Nobu there? Because every time they show her eating with her family or catering something, it's Nobu. Interesting. It reminds me of the Orange Theory debacle from yesteryear um about like the brands that heather aligns herself with in her lifestyle Mm. like i think it's maybe i don't know this is like a wild theory maybe or maybe not so wild but like you know how she has like that hd networks like i feel like she is trying to establish like rapport for like i don't know some sort of lifestyle campaign i don't know what that looks like but lifestyle is like a big word with her i feel like (laughs) nobu's part of this lifestyle I mean, I don't blame her. I fucking love a good black miso cod, rock shrimp, and lychee martini order like nobody else. It's so good at Nobu. It will always hit. But yeah, it's really funny how many times you do go to Nobu on the show. (laughs) Yeah, it's good. It's not that good. The cod is good. It does taste like candy. (laughs) So good. So good. Oh my God, did I tell you? I don't know. We covered this last time. The last time I went to Nobu in New York, I ran into Jason Cameron from Summer Hall. Oh my God, dead, 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 dead. So funny. And he helped you pick up your purse that you dropped all over. Yeah, because I try to like awkward, like so sag mood of me in the first, just like a klutz, honestly. Like I can barely walk and without falling over myself. And here I am trying to reach, extend a hand out for a handshake. And like my whole my bag just like eats shit. So I'm just like, great. This is such an amazing first impression. What up, Jason? Um, but yeah. Anywho, anywho, I mean, God, that dinner was wild, though. Like, Tamara is out of control. I would have been, like, our friendship is, this is not it. You cannot treat me like this publicly. Jennifer, girl, wow, she's got so much more poise than I will ever have in public like that. (laughs) Oh, my God, I know. Jenna, like, if we didn't like Jennifer before, which we did, <laughs> yeah, we stand I think here we're so hard. riding so hard for her now because, yeah, the poise, the grace, the authenticity, the honesty, um, at least seemingly, you know, you never know, but it seems really genuine and authentic and honest and wow, so good. But oh, oh my god. god, yeah, Tamara. Another like I said this last time, but I didn't need Tamara back as much as I love her. Mm, interesting. She wasn't ready to be taken off of ice. I like Tamara back, but like, you know what I mean? Like, there's just like a moment where it completely goes one step too far, and then it's just 
like nails on a chalkboard a little bit. Like, I don't need to hear you yell and walk away again one more time. Like, I would like to see you meaningfully finish the argument at the table, actually. Like, that would impress me so much more than just let me run away. Like, you, Tamara, running away montage, like, all the time. I feel like, again, that's so Mars and Neptune. Like, let me do a dramatic mic drop. You know, because in my head, that's going to leave the most impact Um, in Scorpio, right? So again, like her Mars, Neptune and Scorpio is out of control, out of control. I like can't. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And I just feel like she's really just trying to stay relevant. Mm hmm. It just seems like she's doing these things because she wants to be invited back. It seems like she's just playing it up because this is the Tamara that she's always been. So clearly this is what the people want, what the network wants. Jen on Watch What Happens Live. Oh, I didn't watch, but what did she say? Oh, my God. Jennifer said that, um, like, Andy asked her which of the castmates was most different off camera or maybe it was specifically is Tamara different off camera and she said completely and I can so see that just in the way Tamara's saying things mm -hmm. and remember they said they were like the three amigos right so it's like Tamara yeah. things in the way Jen's looking at her the fact that she's not saying again anything yeah. back although that is clearly she's like very evolved poised like has it together she's a lady as my grandmother would say um, but the way she's looking at Tamara, it's like, what are you saying? What are you doing? Like, what is this? What are you doing right now? <laughs> like, what's happening? Um, it seems like Tamara just flipped the switch on her and it's, she's mm -hmm. like, this isn't the person, this isn't the friend I had. Who's this person that's showing up on camera? And she attributed it to alcohol. Um, but I think it's Tamara. Mm -hmm. Those Virgoan placements spinning that way, mm -hmm. you know? Mm, interesting yeah i mean it makes sense all her like her virgo placement sextile that mars and neptune and the moment you said like tamra's playing tamra i think mars neptune literally action playing neptune a role yeah. like to a t and in scorpio like you can't like go like you know there's a lot of rage there's a lot of you know so if it's a role that involves a lot of rage and like below the belt type of energy and again you know last week we talked about how it's a lot of fear projection also potentially from tamra it's like maybe borderline just incomprehensible but you know she went through this with vicky and that was a quote-unquote like really difficult time also right for her and her friendship um but yeah it's um with Mars Neptune, you just don't really know what what role Tamara is going to play when she comes on camera. When Tamara said that last week, I empathized with her. When she said it this week, mm -hmm. I didn't believe her. It felt like you're using mm -hmm. this as an excuse because then you'll have the viewer sympathy. Again, it's like this whole, it's in her head. She's constructing this mm -hmm. thing. She's trying to fast forward to what she'll, how she'll be perceived. Can I get away with stirring the pot yeah. in this way and still be a sympathetic character? Um yeah, that's what I'm yeah. getting from Tamara. Interesting. Interesting. I, I, you know, I th when they disclosed that Tamara had made all these jokes about the about Ryan or whatever about his attract. Ooh, Tamara has twenty nine degrees Libra and Aries nodes. Oh. <laughs> so this was a very, very loud uh, Cancer new moon. And th well, this week's probably a lot for Tamara. Interesting with Jupiter and Moon and Leo, huh? And Saturn kind of squaring her Virgo placements. 
Huh. Or Venus also. Hmm. Interesting. Um, transiting Saturn in Pisces. Did we talk about approaching her Venus again? Did we talk about how the Marses mm-hmm. are opposing each other? Who Jennifer and no, we haven't actually looked at Jennifer and Tamara together. I don't think we just talked about them separately. Oh, I thought we looked at um, them, but yeah, their Marses are opposing, which is interesting. And Jen's is in Taurus, this like stable, um, steadfast sign. Tamara's, as you mentioned, in that Scorpio, uh, hits deep. <laughs> Very yeah. deep. It's hilarious. It reminds me of all my fights with my Taurus friends who I'm like no longer friends with or whatever. It's always like me maybe blowing up at a party. Granted, always like over something saggy, like morality or whatever. Um, and, you know, people with the Taurus are like, you can't fuck up the party. Like, what are you doing type of energy? And I feel like that was all over Jen. So it's like, what are you doing? This is not normal social behavior. <laughs> yeah. That's really amusing that's really amusing um i do see tamra's jupiter on jennifer's saturn also (laughs) you're thinking about like true full expression and it's like causing jennifer a lot of pain it's just like jupiter jupiter amplification on her saturn like her own insecurities and whatnot that's just getting hammered by tamra over and over yeah and in leo this sign that's ruled by the sun bringing it to light in front of everyone on a national stage uh, you know like really making that the storyline of the season her relationship um yeah um, but it's but it's funny you bring up Watch What Happens Live because I couldn't help but notice in Jennifer's chart, she has Mercury in Cancer at 23 degrees, apparently. And this new moon was happening at um, 24 degrees Cancer. So if you have any sort of cardinal placements around that degree, you know, like give or take like five degrees on each side. But, you know, because it's so exact, like it's interesting that it coincided with her first appearance on Watch What Happens Live. Right. That was her first time. Yeah, that was her first time. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, yeah, so very, very interesting. I love that that showed up in her chart. What I also find really interesting is she does have her south node in Aries and her north node in Libra, obviously, with the nodal switch. This is going to be interesting to observe moving forward. Um, what did you think of Emily, like, moving away from this um, Jen, Tamra situation? But, like, what did you think of it, Emily? calling heather out or like really really leaning into the whole heather being like not authentic and condescending or whatever that whole it was just so funny to have two separate fights at one very small table going on at the same time yeah that was fun i enjoyed that um well i always appreciate emily Mm -hmm. uh for calling people out i think she's just like being that diplomatic lawyer that she is Mm -hmm. but also stirring the pot at the same time uh it's like let's resolve this but what could we stir up on our way to getting it resolved kind of energy yeah yeah. i feel like libran energy yeah i just yeah i think that um i think it's funny that Heather's so I think this is what happens when you have so much money you know you are so removed that the things that you're saying 
Heather thinks she's being super PC about everything she's saying. Yeah, <laughs> but it's so cap, honestly. It's it's so funny the way Heather Dubrow is so fucking capped at me. Um, the whole shoveling shit energy and how like. What Emily was pointing out like I can't believe it took her like 50 something years to realize or like recognize manual labor you know and it's just very funny and I mean granted she has like you know Capricorn sun and again her Mercury's in Aquarius so there's a little bit of a detachment to what she's saying Emily Heather oh Heather has Mercury oh. in Aquarius yeah yeah so does Emily Oh, does Emily have also? Oh Emily has both- Cap- Capricorn Sun and Aquarius oh. Mercury. That's why I was looking at okay, our chart. Both- talking about Emily, right? <laughs> oh my god, very interesting. Also, um, Emily's Mercury is retrograde, whilst Heather is Heather's is direct. Well, and also, what's interesting about Emily's placements is her Sun and Mercury, her Sun in Capricorn, the Mercury in Aquarius, are both in opposition to Saturn, which rules over them. Uh, that mm-hmm. Saturn being in mm-hmm. Cancer, so for one, it's an out of sign opposition. Yeah, that. So it's like this, just very Saturnian, and we see that in Emily, like she's always kind of taking control smoothing like trying to smooth things over of course that's like the lawyer in her as well with pluto and libra in opposition to um jupiter and yeah kind of just kind of bolstering that need to get things resolved smooth things over find the balance but she also has a north node and a uranus and scorpio so like there's that digging shit up also with the jupiter and aries um yeah, Emily's chart's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, what I was saying earlier is, like, Libra archetypally can either be, like, master manipulators or diplomats, right? So it's really a very fine line between the two and what and how they're going to accomplish their end goal of diplomacy. Um, yeah, it, it's so funny. I, it's so funny how her Saturn opposition to the sun and Mercury, her mind's just honestly feels like her relationship with Shane. Um the way he is a little Saturnian and cold. And I think he's actually like maybe a Gemini or Cancer. I can't remember. He's like born on that June cusp, but I haven't looked into his birthday yet. But yeah, it's very funny. Like the way that she allows, or I don't know. I just, that's a lot of dryness. And I don't know what goes on behind the scenes. And of course, maybe she, you know, she, their relationship has been quite long standing, So we don't know a whole lot. What, go- what goes behind closed doors um that's just that would be really tough if that kept getting shown on tv for me personally if my like that sterility in conversation um consistently <laughs> gotten better over the years like that wedding yeah it does it he, has. you know i think shane shows love in his own way and i think the cameras make him Mm -hmm. uncomfortable and he doesn't want to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. totally what you were saying about like that saturn and cancer representing shane i could also totally see him with a bunch of gemini and or sagittarius placements with that dry sense of humor um and like saying things that are inappropriate but thinking they're funny kind of like terry uh wow actually i'm seeing now I'm I'm sorry I cut you off of what you're saying about Heather before because I thought we were looking you were talking about Emily but I'm seeing a lot of actual similarities yeah. with them and their spouses 
but in very different ways. Yeah, it's funny. Well, that brings us to New York Reboot. What were your initial thoughts? Oh my God, I loved it. I loved it. Um, I'm so shocked that the ratings are so low and I like need everyone to get over themselves. Like stop. Cl- it's, I get it's cancer season, but we're about to move into Leo season. So stop holding on to the past and literally get on with some joy. Cause I think that's what the episode brought really, really like it was so fun to have a housewives fight over cheese. Like, excuse me. And can I just say, I deeply identify with Sai and, um, Brynn not wanting to go to that restaurant because I literally went one time and I was like I'm good I don't need to come back here yeah I was like I feel like what happened was they started they that was a dinner that was filmed but they didn't show the filming of it and it was a Mm. way to like kick off the fact that this is a group of women who actually know each other and look they would have they were going out to dinner before we even started filming but I think that that was like you know, like the way to kick off all of this. I've skipped out on many um, a dinner I've been invited to just because I didn't want to go. So I'm never going to fault someone. Right. Yeah. Uh, but right, yes, right. I was worried. I didn't think I was going to enjoy a younger group of women. Um, This group of women who it seems like they're people already. And by that, I mean a lot of the housewives, not all of them. But a lot of them were like working women or just stay at home mothers who weren't anyone until they got on the show. These people are all coming on being somebody's and having big followings that know of their existence already. So I mm. thought that that would not be fun. But I, yeah, I really enjoyed this episode. I loved that they were just so New York about it and the way that it's just like we're all sitting here and we're just going to have a conversation about this. And then we'll take it to the side. It was so refreshing. <laughs> yeah. Well, for what it's worth, I mean, Jenna Lyons facilitated that. Like, she was just not having that at her dinner party, right? Or, like, her cheese party or whatever. Otherwise, like, they would just keep going at it and detracting in the main conversation. Honestly, Jenna handled herself, herself so well. I would be so annoyed. It, like, gave me mini PTSD when, like, Bryn and Erin, like, went into her closet and, like, started putting on her really fancy clothes and I'm just like I would never think to do that that's really inappropriate in my mind and I know it's like all in the name of having fun but literally that moment when they hugged and like I felt Jenna's like oh oh my god inappropriate was the exact word that came to my mind you don't do that you don't touch people's shit and then oh my god I mm, that was very Mm. upsetting to me as well Mm mm-hmm But yeah, they do seem to know. And this is maybe where being a famous person comes into play. They know of each other if they don't know each other, actually. Mm -hmm. It's like starting in a different place versus like when Gretchen came in, no one knew who she was. There were just these rumors. She's with an older guy. It's not like you can see their life playing out on the way they portray it on Instagram. Yeah, and in a way, I feel like really badly for Jenna Lyons. Like, she had a lot of bullshit um, in the media, you know, with her, like, painting her son's toenails and, like, people being really annoying about that. And then, like, you know, gossip magazines outing her, basically. Like, she's had an amazing career and a very complicated relationship with the public, I feel like, later as of, like, later. And I'm so happy to see her back because I, like, I fucking love her. 
She's a Scorpio moon. She's a Gemini sun. We don't know her rising. You know, she was talking, I forget, I saw an interview, right? She was talking about how her hair is basically like a hat. Her teeth are fake. Like there's a lot of health. There's like a genetic um, problem or disorder. And I and she has Saturn in Aries, you know, and Aries is, I think, like the head, I think, and Saturn, like structure, teeth come to mind. Like it's very interesting. Um how that's showing up potentially in the chart but she also has her south node in libra and north node in aries so very interesting coming into the next 18 months as well she's going through her nodal return you know i thought it was interesting because when i looked at her chart i see so much gemini but watching her i didn't feel that so then it's interesting to see that all of those gemini placements are squaring Pluto conjunct Uranus in Virgo so kind mm-hmm. of like silencing the mm, you know what it's yeah I think just putting a damper on it because you can see she's still playful she's still got this childlike energy about her but I think it's just dampened Controlled. or like mm-hmm. like veiled shrouded by something more serious more reserved interesting i'm not sure like what i don't know enough about her i i don't know anything about any of these women did you know jenna lyons before jenna lyons popped on the show No, i had no idea who she was oh my god really do you know what j crew is yes (laughs) okay i have to check honestly because emma sometimes i get very shocked by what she does or does not know and so i'm like i now need to just double check everything yeah i kind of live under a rock in some ways what i i mean I love Jenna Scorpio Moon and like in a very interesting way, I feel her Scorpio Moon with all that Gemini energy, like, you know, there's a lot more to what she's saying than what she's letting on to your point. And it's just going to be very interesting with the Scorpio Moon. That's all I'm going to say. And I think that her reaction again to like the whole Bryn Aaron wearing her clothing and then laughing it off, like, I'm like, oh, I wonder how you're really feeling on the inside somehow. But, you know, just very interesting, very interesting stuff. I mean, what did you think of Bryn overall? I feel like she, based on a lot of people's reactions, was kind of like the breakout star of the episode or the series so far. Oh, really? Um, oh, I that's so funny. I wouldn't have gotten that impression. I enjoyed her. I thought she was fun and mm-hmm. playful breakout star i did not see that especially i watched the watch what happens live with that group or no i did i did yeah so there she was just trying too hard and that i never appreciate that (laughs) Mm. yeah see that's the thing i like bryn and i like what she brings to the show like the perspective of the you know like still like she's like the bethany right like she bethany came on single not a housewife and like it's refreshing that they've repackaged it the the role in this way she is very flirty she does you know have a grand air trine and she also has a grand water trine um so she's very intuitive and she's also very good at banter and there's just always like a lot of like again she's such a great flirt and like even in her tagline right make me laugh or I make you laugh but make me mad I'll date your dad like so funny um 
but I think it's very telling in her chart. She does have a Gemini moon. Uh, she's very witty. And she also has her south node in Libra, you know? So again, there's like just so much air in her chart. And she's an Aquarius sun. So social connectivity and like the chit chat and the socializing is like really, really part of her game. And I mean, she was in communications and PR, so it makes total sense. Uh, you can see she's going to be brassy. She's got Mars and Aries with her north node there. She's got Sagittarius placements. Like she's got... She's got a lot of sass. She's got a lot of emotion and she's got a lot of like mental processing happening. She's got actually a good balance of the elements of the modalities of the dualities. Like she's her charts pretty energetically mm -hmm. balanced. So it will be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. She also does have that Venus and Neptune and Capricorn. Like, you know how we were just talking about Jen, speaking of Jen, sharing that Venus Neptune placement. Um, I almost get the sense, you know, and Brynn calls herself like a commitment foe, but maybe one of these days she'll commit. And I can kind of see that with that Venus and Neptune placement. Um, you know, is this it? Could there be better type of energy? Is this hitting all my expectations? And Capricorn energy, you know, it's almost like, from my understanding, they like, kind of date, but then they can either like be very flaky on the dating, but then if they're committed, then they're like all in and the relationships established. Like they're not going to waste time investing if they don't see a good return on their investment, basically. Um, and she also has the South Node in Libra. Yeah. Mm. I could see that also what you're saying about Neptune and Venus because it's sextiling. Uh, Oh, no, sorry. I thought that was aspecting her son. But it's sextiling her Pluto in Scorpio. So I feel like what you were saying about when she does commit, like it's going to be probably, you know, lasting. But it is interesting that she was saying that she would date Shep. And I think, again, like it's she said it takes a commitment folk to no one. And everyone's like, oh, well, why would she be interested in him? And it's not because she thinks she can oh, change gosh. him or wants to be in a long term relationship. It's because she knows neither of them want to actually be in it. So it would just be fun. And that I appreciate. And I think that's also kind of Chiron and Gemini coming out like this, this child. Like she mm -hmm. can understand his Peter Pan syndrome in opposition to Saturn. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. I just, you know, oh my God. I love when like something just clicks and then you're like, oh my God. Well, you know how she was like, I will make me mad. I'll date your dad. Her Juno is in literally Capricorn. I'm like, if I had to think of a dad sign, that would literally be the parent, you know? And so it's funny. She says it, but I'm kind of like, eh, funny, not so funny. She actually fucking would. Her Juno is in Capricorn, like the elder gentleman. Like, it's like, I mean, I don't want to like say it, or maybe, I don't know. It's like kind of giving me daddy issue vibes, obviously. Like, and everyone has some form of that. We all inherit something from the parents, but this is just so you know, part of it just because of her tagline and how it works in her chart. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Very funny. But I'm excited. I mean, I'm excited to like see the rest of the season play out. Um, I know there's like stuff with Jessel and her husband, I think. That's because when she said seven years or something like that, or I forget, there was like a period of time that they were married for that seemed very close to the Saturn square or whatever. And I was like, oh, interesting. I wonder what happens. And I do think we end up seeing more of it on the show. You can see the tension already. It's fair. I mean, it must be difficult to also have like tall, like kids running around like that. I mean, 
you know, that montage was just so <laughs> chaotic. Oh my gosh. Little, little, I was like, oh my God, are they going through their Mars return? Are they two years old? Like, is that what's happening? If you're a parent listening, you know, the terrible twos are literally associated with the Mars return. So like Mars comes back to its natal point for your child. There's all this extra energy. They have no idea how to release it. And it kind of comes out in the form of the terrible twos. So really, um, yeah, it just got me wondering. <laughs> yeah, I love how all the things can be explained by astrology. Terrible twos. You're having like a midlife crisis, a quarter life crisis, a Saturn square relationship issue. <laughs> like it's all... I mean, a Saturn square, any issue, it's not just for relationships. They apply to yourself as well. Um, totally. Oh, I mean, co-curation, like what we kicked off the show with, which again is probably my favorite conversation we've had on this entire podcast. <laughs> like, like well, the most random thing to look up on the chart. And yet I think we both actually arrived at like a really cohesive analysis. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. With that in mind, make sure you go ahead and click subscribe so you don't miss any more fun breakdowns like about cock curation or such. <laughs> and don't forget to rate and review. I saw a lovely review this past week and it just like it number one melts our hearts, but it also really it helps other people find the podcast, which helps all of us continue on this journey. Yeah follow along at the cosmic clubhouse on instagram if you don't want to miss any midweek bravo pop culture astro content until then our threads <laughs> see you next week bye bye